you know, like you can take this in many different directions, but then when you come in, you, 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 you wrap a story as a copywriter, you build tension with love. Like you're, you're, you're like, cause if I just gave the word right away, Oh, the most important word, by the way, the most important word is predictability, predicting revenue, predicting profit, predicting product success before you build it, predicting your hires, predi prediction, being able to predict. And, um, cause if you could predict a product success before you start, then what's the, then you can, it's a very, very powerful word. And software is the, is one of the most predictable sources of revenue online. And that's why all these entrepreneurs are moving to software. Then I sold a software, software course. listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson. I'm with the one and only Dylan Carpenter. You excited, Dylan, for today's guest? Hell to the yeah. Let's do it, man. Hell to the yeah. <laughs> I love it. Today's guest is uh, he's one of the weirdest, uh, most free spirit marketers out there. But the reason why I wanted to have him on the show is I think he's got uh, an amazing background and a blend in music as well as in uh an authoring a book but also i think most known for uh his um how many SaaS companies this guy has helped get off the ground he's probably one of the best guys i know when it comes to going from zero to one uh with as little as cash as as possible <laughs> and as, as easily and, and quickly as possible as well something i just absolutely suck at so i admire um today's guest but he's the founder co-founder of the foundation he's the creator of the start uh from zero and author of the start from zero uh book and podcast and uh, i think you got a couple other SaaS businesses under un, under there as well um and uh, he's done over uh, eight figures in sales online, and I don't think I could talk him up even more. But he's also become a pretty good friend, and uh, we get to we get to have uh, chats every week remotely. He's also uh, 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 he's a pretty mellow dad as well. So, Dane Maxwell, man, welcome to the show. Yeah, you said uh, having a fa being a father was a good thing for me because I used to be too rough around the edges for you. <laughs> well, I'm gonna bring the rough parts back, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing them back on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude, you you uh, you your your lady has really done uh, amazing things for you. I, I feel like we can have like a real conversation, and um, and it's gonna go places. <laughs> uh, but that's cool, man. Well, t tell everybody what you're up to these days. Uh, for those of you that that. Uh, you know, our audience is mainly agencies and advertisers. They might not be like SaaS or like, you know, startup startup entrepreneurs that you're, that you're mostly known around in those circles. But yeah, give everybody up to speed. Well, I'll tell you what I do. And I also want to mention it's more important is how I'm doing it, of course. Because, you know, you could say, oh, Rockefeller. Well, how'd Rockefeller get rich? Oh, he got rich in oil. That's not how he got rich. There was a lot of people in oil that never got rich in oil. Rockefeller got rich because of how he went about it. And if you look at how he went about it, it's mind-blowing. It's like, holy crap, the stuff that he did. The how is so much more fascinating than the what. So, I mean, I could tell you the three what's I'm doing, but the how is way, way cooler. 
and the what's are pretty damn cool too because i'm pursuing my highest passion in pretty much all all facilities in business and so i'm making my dream virtual reality video game and it's freaking awesome um and then i'm building two SaaS businesses which are all centered around really deeply troubling problems that people experience that when they find the SaaS platform their nervous system will kind of open and be like thank god you know this exists um and and but the how i'm going about it was just so much joy and 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 so connected to like a deeper purpose and a deeper sense of meaning with it all and and that's all real so it's all really exciting um and then i've got a mentoring group a a group of 150 entrepreneurs uh that i mentor all the time and those are really those are really that's a really fun group if anybody's interested in that that's we do have a couple spots open in the 150 in the 150 right now but yeah that, that's the what do you call that group by the way is that just gonna be like um life support group or like what what is that called i feel like i should probably pay you money for this group (laughs) (laughs) well i i would pay money to be a part of the group you know um but the the group itself is it's it's called starters but starters is a philosophy it's it's a belief system that you can install within your psyche that allows you to live as a surrendered entrepreneur. So, you know, when customers ask you for things and you're like, ah, oh, God, don't ask me for that customer. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, don't do that. You like surrender past that. And then you give that customer the thing they're asking for. And then your bank account shows the results of that. Um, but you don't get rich in entrepreneurship quickly until you surrender. Um, and when you surrender to what people are asking for, you surrender to what people really want. And that process of surrender is very difficult because you know, it's, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm mentoring a student right now. He generated 45 grand in sales for a furniture liquidator through Facebook ads, a 28 to one conversion, 28, 28 to one ROI. And then the next month he did a seven to one ROI, seven to one ROI. And the guy quit. Yeah. I didn't like this. Wow. And I'm like, and so, you, you know, that's triggering, right? Cause you're like, what in the mother of all motors are you thinking seven to one ROI? And I bet agency owners are like, oh, okay, I'll take three to one, four to one, five, seven, 28 to one. And, and so I was like, well, so first you go punch a few pillows, right? You get angry. Like what the heck? Oh, the guy wants you to feed him pizza in bed. Okay. That's what he wants you to do. You made him pizza. He's like, no, can you bring it over and feed it to me while I'm in bed? And so um, I said, so after you pat process the anger, you then get curious and surrendered, surrendered entrepreneur is very curious First, of course, you get triggered. You're like, God damn it. Why is the person asking for this? And then you surrender and you say, okay, well, curious, what ROI would you need to want to keep doing this? Is seven to one's not good enough? What, what is your good enough number? Um, and then you actually get curious. You say, okay, so tell me about that. And then like, you know, do you have any idea what industry averages are? Um, can you tell me how much money you have in the bank right now? Um, because that could be multiplied times seven next month. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Oh my God. But like, but like, you know, there's a lot of anger because like you generate all these guys like, oh, I got to call these leads. I don't want to do this, these leads. And I'm like, well, he's telling you what he wants. He wants customers on a silver platter. So you have a price plan. Well, we have a price plan for leads, but we also have a, if you don't want to do this majority of the work, we also have a price in the whole system and a methodology that will handle leads for you. It's just a greater price because we're getting you closer to a result. So you could choose this if you want, you don't have to leave. We just didn't talk about adding that. So, you know, when agencies are, when agencies get that, that dreaded, like, oh, you have, I have to deal with these leads and the agency's like, well, God, okay. So you want pizza in bed, you know? Um, And then you, but you listen and you surrender and you say, okay, 
you really do want this and you get over your crap and that takes a while. And I got a buddy of mine, he's, he's approaching 10 grand a day online within the info product space and the relationship space. And when you ask him how he did it, well, he, I taught him quite a bit of stuff that I think really helped him, but he, uh, he said, I finally just surrendered like, like, cause like, he's like, so ladies, what do you want to know for course wise? And they would say, and he's like, no, you shouldn't want that. No, you shouldn't want that. And finally he gave them what they wanted and he just sells off the, off the racks every day. So starters is a philosophy of recognizing the ego, surrendering, listening, and then building something from that surrendered space. So like the people ask, they're like, how do you get to the top of the mountain? Like, well, you, you, I don't climb mountains. I, I, I walk to valleys with buckets of water and I pour the bucket of water down the valley. And then wherever that water goes, I follow along the stream and build my cities and cities and villages along the stream. But that's a way of life. Living, that's a way of life. So I'm not like, God, getting to the top of that mountain. But the water is heavy. You got to carry it to the valley. You got to find the valley first place. And then you got to pour it down. And then what? I mean, that's, it's different. It's work, but it's different work. But I tell you what, it's, it's, a, it's a whole heck of a lot better than trying to be some genius creative that creates something that like everybody just loves and now we're significant in the, in the world because we came up with this idea that everybody appreciates and the same comes with you know ads good ads and, and, and rich ads and poor ads as you'd say because when i did songwriting as much as you want every song to be a hit you just got to write a lot of songs and some hit and some don't and the ones you think hit you record the ones that are easy to sing end up it's really weird it's really weird there's like a three-phase process in songwriting so like you write a song, you're like, God, this song's awesome. I feel so great about it. Then you get in to record it and you're like, ah, this isn't really going very well during the recording. Then there's songs you hate that you're writing, but you like somehow you're eating it out. And then you go in the studio, you're like, God, this is a lot better when I'm singing it. And like five to one, you write five songs to maybe have one that's worth listening to. So do you, do you want to have the patience of writing five songs? So you, that's why you want to love what you're doing with songwriting. But I think of the ads too, you guys know that. You got to write 10 ads to find your unicorn. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i uh i also feel like you well there's there's so many golden nuggets there that you just dropped dan i want to highlight and like to rewind and, and and play the back for a couple of people because one you're an amazing copywriter and i think you just gave like every agency that's listening to this podcast a great headline which is how much is in your bank account do you want 7x more next month <laughs> <laughs> that's like if you're if your whole value prop is roas uh that's wait that's what, was the, what was the headline <laughs> What's, how much do you have in your much, bank account <laughs> yeah how much is in your bank account and do you want 7x more next month <laughs> <laughs> yes that's so good and that came from like picturing myself on the phone with a human yeah yeah the the other thing i want to highlight here is you're, the process of surrendering, this is something that I've been learning from you in the last couple of weeks, because like in our first week, we were catching up a, a few weeks ago and I was like, hey, Dan, I got to do all this this stuff. <laughs> and you're like, cool, man, why don't you just take like a breather for a hot minute? <laughs> like, let's mellow out. And um, and you, you it basically was teaching me this process of like like getting centered first, taking a breather, relaxing, what, what is joy? What is like the most fulfilling? And then what is my marketing strategy from there? Mm -hmm. And that um, was a difficult place for me to do before just kind of like meditating out for a minute. 
And then what proceeded to happen the very next week was personally a really big breakthrough for us with AdCard was I finally just shut up for a minute about like how excited I was about AdCard. And and it was great. Like people were excited about it, but there was also people that like weren't excited about it. They're like, yeah, I've got my Amex. Like, cool. (laughs) And then there was conversations that were like, hey, could you just like put my logo on the card? And I'm like, but, 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 <laughs> but like, is that all you want? And, 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 and I spent like a week kind of like overcomplicating it for, for, for a second. And then kind of came back, had another conversation with Dane. We like chilled out for a little session. <laughs> and, then, and then like the next week I just was like, oh, we have this new offer. It's called, you know, a co-brandable ad card. And it's for agencies that want to put their logos on shit. <laughs> And like, just shut up, right? Like, just, and they're like, oh, that's cool. Like, (laughs) like, I don't care about anything else. And, uh, and so this was like, not an offer that we had pre catching up with you, Dan, like a few weeks ago. So if if anything, I'm just like giving you, you know, a, a glowing review here of like your process that um, I finally surrendered to after uh, years of, of knowing so many people that have gone through your, your stuff. I don't think I've ever been like a, a student or like gone through anything there as much as I think we've just been friends. <laughs> and um, and so anyways. Up around the edges, bro. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's cool. So what I want to dive into, you know, as we talk about like a, this rich ad segment is and I guess I just want to say a real quick like yeah go ahead people wonder how Sam Ovens blew up and I mentored him yeah uh and like he came to me at 22 and he couldn't even afford so he borrowed his girlfriend's credit card to pay for mentorship and he's one of the he's one of the few students he's super bright like he even helped innovate the program while I was teaching him he's super smart so I just got lucky enough to mentor him and I just deep, like he deeply installed everything I said. I even got him on video and I should play the video sometime, but he said, I've downloaded your brain. He actually said, he actually said in Sam fashion, I stole your mind. In Sam fashion. Oh, <laughs> there's so many layers behind that onion right there. <laughs> and he's like, I stole your mind and I'm not going to give it back and I'm going to supercharge it. Uh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> like I'm weirded out right now, but also happy for you. Well, it, it's you know, it's neither here nor there. It's like everyone does what they want with what I show them. But but say, like just in terms of the results that are possible with Sam, um, mm-hmm. he looked at what the problem was, and people needed fast cash. And like a lot of people hear that, they're like, "I need fast cash." They're like, "Yeah, whatever, get out of here." And Sam heard that. And he's like, oh, you need fast cash. Okay, well, we'll just teach you consulting because that's fast cash. Like he surrendered and listened and he applied 100% of the stuff. And like I tell him a book to read and he'd not only read that book, but he'd read all the recommendations at the end of the book. He'd highlight his favorite parts. He'd type up the highlights. He'd print out the highlights. He'd reread the highlights until all the patterns were installed. The process for how Sam came to be is much different than, oh, what? He just does consulting. But I guess it's just, I don't I don't often really talk about him that much. But I, but he's so successful now that it gives me so much credibility to be like, yeah, I taught that kid a few things and now now I could learn from him. Yeah, that's and, a case study. Oh man. And, and a lot of 
a lot of my students are actually more successful than me. Like I've got quite a few students that are leaders of their different respective industries. Um, and it's, it's really cool. I've been thinking about it. Like, I wouldn't say I'm like particularly like strictly religious, but I really do admire Jesus for like what he stood for and things. And he, he's quoted in like the Bible. He has a quote of the Bible verse that says greater things than me, you will do. And I'm thinking about this. I'm like, that is such a badass thing to say. Cause there are parts of me that's like, I'm the best. Everybody I'm the best. It's me. That's the best. Nobody else could be the best. Like there's a part of my mind that's thinking this. <laughs> I think, I think everybody's thinking this in some, in some regard, maybe not, maybe people are just full, fully healed and they're just in their full humble self. But like Jesus comes along and he's already like, it was reported that you could feel Jesus's aura from two miles away. Like if oh you get around, like you could feel like that's how much peace was in that guy's system. And, and um, whether you believe he lived or not, like, um, so those, those that do believe he lived in like those, those, these things, but like, that's how powerful he was. And, and he was also like, yeah, greater things than me, you will do. I was like, I just so admire that. So I, I see that in a lot of my students, they're doing much quote greater things than I am in their own respective fields. Like I'm not number one in any, any field right now. And I kind of like the anonymity to be honest. Um, so lot more yeah, well, I mean, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it's also nice not like to be put in a box, right? Like, uh, and, cause then you have to like reinvent yourself when you learn something new. And, uh, I, I, I can understand that. Well, let's break down like this process of, of how you think somebody should go about creating a rich ad campaign. Right. And we probably, we're not going to get through all of them, but I think if you just touch on like a couple that we got to dive into, and then I would love to flip that and really kind of dive into this poor ad piece where it's kind of like, Hey, here's some things like not to do. I got it. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> go. go. <laughs> so you want to use your unconscious to your advantage. And so if your unconscious is in a state of state of anxiety or stress, or you're like subtly trying to prove yourself in some way, um, your mind will be like a heat seeking missile for like ideas that seem good, but are actually relatively mediocre to the genius that could come through. If your, if your mind was like really aligned. And for a lot of folks that are in the business world, they run on, and we run on such a state of like internal anxiety, but it's so normalized that to slow down is like, but if you can stay in that for like five minutes, your, your brain, like five minutes, usually you're like, Whoa. Um, and then you get, you kind of get to this really still place. And from that place, you start using your unconscious for really good things. And so you start asking your unconscious, like, how can I write something that's never been seen before? You know, how, how can I put together a string of sentences that just rivets and rocks people in their place? And then there's no clinging, there's no grasping. It's just kind of like, how can I do something that's never been seen before? And so we were thinking about this and we were writing it and we wrote a headline that like kind of went, vi went viral. Um, and then like marketers would swipe it for other industries. And, but it, it came about because I was in a discussion with a partner I had at the time, Andy Drish, who's a great partner. And, and we were talking back and forth and it was right at the point where your brain's like, fuck this, I'm done. And then you stay a little longer. And then, um, 
then the headline kind of comes. But the unconscious missile is how can I create something that's never been seen before? And it's not to validate your own significance. It's not like, oh, yeah, look, I did something. No, it's, it's to capture attention so you can love people in a way they haven't been loved before. So they feel home when they found you. And in that place of home, you can carry them to a life that they have kind of like forgotten in their mind, but secretly wish existed. And I think business is ultimately about loving people. And when you love people, that's when you listen to them and you actually surrender. Because a refusal to listen and a refusal to surrender is a refusal to love. You know, and, and so you're like, crap, right? You're like, oh, God. So if you sit the person that you're writing a headline towards and you listen to them and you love them and you're like, you know what? The thing they've been asking for this is all the time. But I see this headline everywhere. But everybody's talking about this. But I don't want to be like this person over here. Da-da. I've got a I've got a student in the starters program, um, and he has like he's like, well, I've been trying to do all these things, but um, everybody keeps asking me for this thing that I've got working over here. And I'm like, well, what's the thing you got working over here? He's like, well, I kind of devised a thing where I can get a hundred percent return in the stock market every nine months. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the problem there like well it just sounds so gimmicky and like all this crap like it just doesn't sound true i'm like okay great how to get 100 percent returns in the stock market every nine months you know i know this might sound gimmicky and to me it actually does so i've, I've hesitated to run this headline for a really long time but the truth is it's been happening year after year over and over for me and my friends and family and here are the screenshots now i almost didn't put this out in the world because i just didn't want to be laughed at but it is truly this remarkable. And if you give me a chance to show you, I'll show you how you could do the same too. And now, you know, you've got a whole, like, you're like, man, and that's, and that's all written from love. You're like, you're, 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 you're asking them to believe this thing. And then you're just speaking with honesty, like you're going right to the cut. So mm. in terms of the headline that we did that got shared and, and ripped off and you could still use many, you guys could all go use this, um, but you don't want to use it without love because if your intention isn't love, you'll actually cut the amount of profit you can make drastically. Because if your intention is subtly in any way, how do we manipulate attention to get this, this, or this? When you love people, you'll actually attract the customers that want to be there. And you can actually do like similar things like with love that, that are used currently, like you know scarcity and urgency and these kinds of triggers. But the headline was, do you know the most important word in business? And so you come to a page and you're like, do you know the most important word in business? And you're like, oh, God, well, what? Is, okay, so you click play on the video and it's like, hey, do you know the most important word in business? Well, I spent six months teaching a group of entrepreneurs this word. Now they're doing very, very well for themselves. Now, if you're trying to guess the word, the word isn't freedom. It isn't persistence. It isn't desire. It isn't hustle. And it isn't any like woo-woo feel-good word. It's actually very real, very practical, very concrete. Now, before I tell you what the word is, let me show you how three of the most respected entrepreneurs in the world are using this word to blow up their businesses right now. Let's look at Tim Ferriss. Now, Tim wrote the four-hour work week. And what he said to do is he said you should start an information business. But if you actually look at Tim's profile, you'll see what he's actually doing with his money is investing in software companies, all because of this one word. Let's go look at Jason Fried, one of the most respected software entrepreneurs online. He used to start a design company. And then he left design and started a company called Basecamp. All because of one of this, all because of this one word. Now let's go look at Mark Andreessen. This dude is a billionaire. He's an advisor to companies like Facebook. He's the guy who started Netscape. 
And uh, he started a venture capital company to invest in software all because of this one word. Have you figured out the word yet? So now everything I've done there can be modeled and swiped for any industry. So what you do is, do you know the most important word? You could Dylan, say, do you know? Do you know, Dylan? I'm over here thinking <laughs> revenue, but no, love. Revenue. Oh, love, you know? What's love. the word, Dylan? Love, man. Love. I mean, it, it, yeah, sort of. Um, <laughs> so, so like, but so you say, do you know the most important word? You can say, do you know the most dangerous word? Do you know the most significant word? Do you know the most risky word? Do you know the most um, like overused word? You know, like you can take this in many different directions, but then when you come in, you, 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 you wrap a story as a copywriter, you build tension with love. Like you're, you're, you're like, cause if I just gave the word right away, oh, the most important word, by the way, the most important word is predictability, predicting revenue, predicting profit, predicting product success before you build it, predicting your hires, pred prediction, being able to predict. And, um, cause if you could predict a product success before you start, then what's the, then you can, it's very, very powerful word. And software is the, is one of the most predictable sources of revenue online. And that's why all these entrepreneurs are moving to software. Then I sold a software, software course. Um, and so, but the, but if you look at it, so you say, do the most important word. Um, I spent six months teaching people this word now before I now, and if you're trying to guess the word. Um, it's not this. And then, by the way, let's look at what, how really respected people are treating this word, whether they know it or not. And then I give the word. That's um, it's it's classic. It's classic copy. Um, I remember this video. Yeah. I, it, I was like, What's the word? What's the word? And it did. I, I remember. Um, gosh, this is this is back in the day, but that definitely got like shared quite a bit. And um, you guys spent time on it too. Oh yeah, that, that that's not an accident. That wasn't just like, oh, poof, here it is. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out ad card. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, and you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. So let's talk about poor, man. Like, what, what, what should we like? I'll not do. Like, what the flip the script here, Dan? Of like, all right, you just gave us like a literally a template, a swipe file <laughs> for an ad. It's awesome. Uh, what? Talk to us about um, something that's that would for sure tank. <laughs> well, I think the the context is is what creates poor ads not the actual ad itself. Like, 
uh, it was a combination, right? You got the medium, you got the market, you got the messaging, right? So, you know, like the medium is Facebook or YouTube or Snapchat or direct mail. The market is this, and then the message is this. And if, and if you get all three of those right researched, it's pretty difficult to screw up. But most people don't do the work for those three things, myself included. Sometimes I'll just be like, ah, I don't want to do this. And so I'll write an ad and I'll lose money. And the vast majority of the ads that I've, I've run, they all worked. All of them. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm the biggest badass. I got a name as cool as Dylan Carpenter. <laughs> Dylan Carpenter. And I just built this house with my bare hands. <laughs> and not, not, a, not a scratch, you know? Not a scratch. <laughs> Um, no, poor ads are like so embarrassing. You know, I block them out of my mind. Um, <laughs> they're usually just kind of vague and confusing. And do you, oh, well, I mean, you mentioned like, I tried to, in terms of like a campaign, like I tried running a free plus shipping campaign for my book and I stopped it immediately. Cause I just, I didn't like it. And intuitively, intuitively, I like, I just was like, this isn't going to work. Like, you know, like, yeah. You get free book. Oh, it's not as 10 bucks. Um, and then like, oh, buy this upgrade. Oh, this upgrade. Oh, this upgrade. And I was like, I'm gonna try it. So I had like, <laughs> I had like uh 120 people buy the book and like maybe 15 people take the upsells because there's no trust. And the upsells were targeted, they were like really good. It's like, hey, start from zero, buy this book. Hey, watch eight entrepreneurs get their very first sales online. Like super wow. killer. Like and like the next one is like, yo, take it to the next level to start a business and scale it to one sale a day. Yo, the next one is like, get hand, get your hand held for a year implementing the book. Fucking like, I, like, I was, I was just like, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Like every every hour that I spend investing in information marketing. <sighs> Whatever that word is, it sucks. Yeah. Every hour I spend investing in SaaS, it's like angels sing from the heavens. And like, what's Russell Brunson doing? What Laura Roder start doing? What did Clay Collins do with lead pages? What did all like some of the best marketers in the world? They all start building SaaS because some of the best marketers in the world are like 10 out of 10 skill, but they're working in two out of 10 opportunities. And so you know, like you want to match 10 out of 10 skill with 10 out of 10 opportunity. And like, I just can't, I've tried memberships, information, ad, ad revenue sites, and like software is the greatest satisfaction. We're just releasing a new software. And that's why I was actually late to this is because we were onboarding our first user. And I was so engrossed in all the feedback, but like they're signing up, you know, when I show up to the call and I'm like, oh God, are they going to like me? I'm scared. Are they going to think I'm greedy because I'm trying to sell them a software product? And they get on and they're like, dude, we're so excited about this. Thank you so much, man. We're like, oh, can you tell me what has you so excited? They're like, well, content management is just a pain in the ass. We hate it. And we're so excited for how your product is going to help us solve this problem. And I was like, dude, this feels so good. Like, so, it feels significant right now. This is amazing. And I'm not trying to convince someone to read a book, you know, and like implement a book. Um, so like yeah. there were just all these, all these factors in the free plus shipping that, that made me hate it. The worst was that I had no control over who the shipper was. They seemed lazy. They didn't, I don't know if they, yeah. ship, if they ship books very often. So like I went off Amazon and then I looked at my data and I saw that like, I had like, I've had like maybe 7,000 people buy the book and I've had like 5,000 people visit the book bonus URL. 
And I was like, that's a crazy amount of people that visit the book bonus URL. I just need to get the book in people's hands, not make them wait two weeks for a book after they just went through an upsell hammering sequence. That's so funny, dude. So I want to. Uh, all right, let's, this is too painful, man. We got to. We got to change topics. I, <laughs> thinking about all the money I've lost on bed funnels. So uh, I want to talk about how Dane looks at you know some your some of your guiding principles for for managing your finances. One of the things that I've noticed um, from afar is how. Um, cautious, strategic, patient you are before you are considering getting into the business, right? Like I've, I've seen a lot of you, your posts on Facebook or emails where you're just kind of putting out feelers about like different products, right? Whether it's like an analytics product or a video product or like this, this, and this, and you are completely disciplined in the sense that like this is id throw it out and if it there is not like the the single like smallest like iota of interest uh then you like just like you'll just move on right or i should flip that script if there's not an overwhelming amount of interest that it makes it just as obvious right and you've you've been in you've got a couple you know existing successful products you know, in market and you have this, you know, you got start from zero going on and there's a lot of entrepreneurs, including myself that are just have this angst of like, I have to get this you know thing figured out. And it's, it's very obvious that, that you're like patient and you surrender and you're not forcing it. You're not like trying to buy your way into it. Um, but like, how, how do you think about, you know, and don't, I just say, like, I don't say like pre-selling here. <laughs> don't, 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 let's not go down that rabbit hole. I'm just going to cut you off there. Cause I feel like there's, there's more behind like the, the, how, like how you think about that. Uh, What's good. Cause I wasn't even thinking that word. Okay, good. <laughs> like if I hear another marketer tell me I should pre-sell something. Uh, okay, go ahead. Do go we ahead. have a hard stop? Cause I, we can go for a bit if we don't. Yeah, let's, let's roll. Let's roll. Um, I'm, I'm happy to have the space. So to understand the question is how you said you asked, you asked about finances, but then you talked about the discipline with safely launching things. So I don't lose my ass financially. That, that's, that's where I want to take the conversation, but like, uh, how do not lose your ass financially? Um, so if we look at the definition of the word compulsion, Right. Like um, I'm mentoring a student right now and she gets on the call, talk to business owners and they start talking about problems and then she can't listen because all she wants to do is solve their problems. And so she, she can't listen. She can't hear what they want. She can't hear what they want. She can't build what they want. She can't get anywhere. That compulsion is literally the linchpin seed of her lack of success with what she's trying to do. Success being defined by me, of course, like this different than others, but I define success as a way of thinking that unencumbers you towards your own dream. Success is a way of thinking that unencumbers you on the way to your own dream. So you watch someone say, I really want this, and then you watch them just paralyze themselves towards it. So success isn't like this outcome of a car and this and that. Success is a way of thought, a way of thinking that unencumbers yourself to your own dream. So if we look at the word compulsion, I gave her the language. I was like, next time you want to do that, just realize that you have an unconscious compulsion to help people. 
You have an unconscious compulsion to butt in and help people, which a lot of us do. So she takes a breath and she whispers that language. I have an unconscious compulsion to help people. And she just kind of like, oh, there's a lot of it. There's, a, there's an engine behind that. And, and, and she keeps labeling it, noticing it, and then it starts to dissipate and then she can listen. Same with the unconscious compulsion for success, especially for men. So if we have an unconscious compulsion for success, or like me, I have, I have an unconscious compulsion or I've had an unconscious compulsion with like feeling significant. So it's like, I want to feel significant. So like, if I'm not checking that, then I will over, over grandize a product that doesn't actually have interest and be, cause I'm so blind to the, I'm blind to the facts because of usually because of compulsion. So the first, the first thing I would ask you to look at as a business owner, as an agency owner is like, where are your compulsions the strongest and your compulsions are the strongest where like you really don't want to be doing something that you're doing or you know the slightest thing that you're being blindsided. So um, in terms of like launching, a, this is so this is pretty trippy. Like, uh, Zach, can you feel internally like the desire you have for success? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So instead of actually acting on that desire, if you can actually sit with love and just feel the desire without moving, you'll notice and everybody on the podcast, like see if you can't feel the desire to be successful instead of being blindly, blindly forced forward by it. And when you start to feel the desire for success without moving, you start to notice like you might start to get more agitated. Your body might start to get hot. And if you can stay there, that's like spiritual warrior stuff. And you stay there as long, you might feel like your brain's going to get ripped out of your head. You know, like you might feel like real, for real. Like, and so, um, and you stay there and you hold it. And then all of a sudden it'll kind of turn into a cool wave. And you're like, God, I think I just kind of want to do cool shit. And, but it's not a, I've got to do cool shit. It's, I kind of want to do cool shit. And then it's really centered. And so now, now, now we're, now we're compulsion free. And so being compulsion free, now we go out in the markets and we just little tap, we, we pour the water from the top of the valley and we're tapping and we're like, we're looking over here. We're like, oh, you know what people, what's a, what's like an example. Um, so like I had an idea for like a realtor review website back in the days, like it's a, it's a portfolio of, of reviews for realtors before like Google reviews and Trulia and Zillow were all doing reviews. I was the genius guy thought of this review system back in 2006. And so I was off, I was at the top of the Valley and I was looking over here at reviews and I had a design made for it. Made like, you know, I had the whole design. I showed it to realtors and they're like, no, no, we don't care about that. And I was like, Ugh whatever realtors, you don't know anything. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, um, what, what do you want? And they're like, I hate my contact database software. I'm like, oh, and the water was literally going off to the right. And so I was staring off to the left and I pour the water and it's going contact database software. Um, and so I actually ended up building that and I, I failed at that one. They're that, that failed. Um, and very quickly that failed because the top 10% of realtors run their agents, runs their agencies like a business. So they value contact management software, the bottom 90%, when they say, I hate contact management software, what they're really saying is I hate being a business owner. I hate having to grow up. I hate having to use systems and I'm not going to use anything no matter how hard you try because I don't want systems. 
Um, and so I didn't realize that, but the bottom 90% just didn't, they wanted the pizza in bed and they hadn't made the decision yet to grow up and do a fully, uh, like, you know, fully autonomous business owner, which has systems and discipline and responsibility. So anyway, the top 10%, they were fine with their contact database software. They were, they were pretty fine with it. They like, so anyway, that's why some people know that that was, that was something you can't really, I couldn't really learn unless I did it. Um, but I, I, I looked over here. Realtor review website, no contact database. And I was like, okay, well, what, what do you, what do you want? Like, well, I just don't want to have to log in to my contact database. And I was like, well, that's okay. Okay, great. Well, let's just get you like a, well, what do you want? They're like, he's like, I just need to know the clients I'm working with. So I don't forget about them and lose a deal. Okay. Well, let's just get you an email that goes out every day and just shows you a list of all your clients, a little phone number and a little note to remember them by. Would that be useful? Oh my God. Yes. I would love that. Okay, great. So I get like 700 leads of people like, yes, I can't wait for this contact database software that's going to, I had a testimonial from one of the top agents. They're like, this thing's going to be great. <laughs> and that was the testimonial. It's like, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was this landing page and like, I fucking split tested headline after headline, dead simple contact database software. So I did the contact database software you don't have to log into. And I had all, I had all this cost per lead and cost per click and cost per com- conversation. I had uh, 15 customers that paid for it. I had an agent say, I, did, I saved a $4,000 deal from using Client Lunchbox, Dane. And like, what's well, great? You want to sign up for an account? No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. I hate well, here, here's what I've witnessed in my own career, right? I was at two software companies before Funnel Dash, and I'm still a victim of this today. I had, there was one that was incredibly over bloated with features. And many of which, two years down the line, was like, oh, yeah, we spent $300,000 building that feature and five people use it. (laughs) And uh, but so and so influencer wanted it. So we built it. Right. And uh, and then. I think some uh, another company that was, I think, just much more minimalistic in the sense that like their feature set was very minimal for a long time and still was and they scaled the multiple you know eight figures right so we're taught we're a little bit off talk about topic about ads but as we're talking about finances like us as marketers we it's very easy to get sloppy and bundling is the answer to every like all crappy offers and you just start like bundling 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 um this is comes out of i think of the info space and um it's a it's a really it's a fast way to like kill your profit margins where you're just like oh this is i'm assuming that all my clients like want all of these things well can i say and, this yeah, yeah go ahead go ahead so um i want to like proliferate this as far as far and wide as possible but i think the most profitable word in business is intimacy and you know like if you're thinking about how to create a killer offer, you just freaking ask your customer, dude, what would be a killer offer that you couldn't say no to? And you'll have it. You'll have it clear as day. You ask, what would be a super good win for you here? Like what would, you know, one of my favorite ways to do it is what's the price that would be so low that you'd question the value of my service? What's the price that'd be so high that it'd be out of reach for you? And what price would be right in the sweet spot where it would just fit perfectly? And then you just kind of strip emotion out of it, but you're intimate with someone and you ask them these, these three questions 
um, and you start to get a sense of what would be winning. But in terms of financial, mo- like you asked about finances and how to like be patient, the, the, the rule of thumb there is do not be driven by compulsion. Watch compulsion like a hawk. Because if you watch compulsion, then you'll come back to the point where you really just want to love someone, serve someone, do something great, because it just feels good to do that. That's that's how you stay financially safe. And then and then all, on the on the other on the other front is you you financially structure a business so it's profitable very quickly. And like that's that's a that's a high intention. That's a high high intention. You're not like uh, I'll be profitable six months later. It's like how do I structure the deal so it's profitable right now? So, you know, I build a SaaS business and I give equity away to a developer in exchange for future profit, you know, and like I'll cover his base expenses. So I build a product, myagentbase.com. It's a mildly successful software product. It's like an extra 20 or 30 grand a year. Just runs fully automated. And it's one of those side projects. I gave the developer, I gave him 40% of the profit. And then um, I covered his base living expenses so he could work full time on it. And then those base living expenses would come out of the future profits like I, I just like i structured that and i remember telling that to a ceo I was like God, how do you do this stuff and i was like well if, if you haven't if you have an intention of profitability and it's not out of ego it's like out of like really it's out of keeping things safe if every deal you structure and set up pays for itself customers fund the development that doesn't even have to be pre-selling i i never did pre-selling and i don't think i've ever done pre-selling and if people said yes to buy it before that's all i usually needed my form of pre-selling was my first customer funds the development and they get it free for life. That's how I, that's how I used to do my projects. Mm. So I would do that just about everywhere I could. But the, the question to ask is, how do I reduce the risk of this project? And we don't ask that because usually we're driven by compulsion or we're like too ashamed to ask for help or these kinds of things. So um, what you're looking for is there's like three different, there's like three different buckets, say, of an idea. And if we compare it to like a balloon, like you blow up a balloon and then it just deflates right away. And that's most, most business ideas are there. And, and that's just because like, it's hard. So, but that's what, that's, that's what most people have for a business. They're blow every day and then just out. So they show up again and there's that one. There's other ones you, and it's got a tiny leak. So you come back, it's a little smaller, but you got to blow it up again. And then there's the ideas where you just go one breath and that balloon just goes up, floats off into the sky and you don't have to work harder. And like, if you look at, if you look for ideas, that's what I'm doing. When you're like, you're like testing for feelers. I'm looking for the thing that I can usually just kind of go. And then it just kind of goes off on its own. That's what I was doing when I really, really wanted something to work. Now that I've kind of matured into a different evolution of entrepreneurship, now I'm looking at I now I'm looking at ideas that are towards really acute problems that exist, and I have the confidence now to confront those confront those problems. So I see these problems that exist in the world as like forms of currents of energy, and I'll try and go step in the energy of that problem, and it just spits me out. And you know that like. Practically speaking, it's like someone tells you about a problem and you just can't handle it. So you don't want to listen anymore. Your energetic system isn't capable of handling that problem. So um, what I'm what I'm doing is I identify these problems and then I bring really smart people into my corner to develop my self image and allow me to um, handle that 
handle that current of energy. So like, that's, that's kind of how I'm doing it now is I'm surrendered trying to be of like super, super strong service. And, um, it's, it's really all driven from love. I've got my own, I've got my own unconscious tendencies, but it's, it's as much as I can love. Dang, you're blowing my mind right now. I, I, uh, I feel like this is, uh, this is definitely going to be one of those unique Rich Ed Poor Ed podcasts where people listen to. They're like, "Well, this is different." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I love it, man. It's a good quality of life. I work three hours a day. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. Well, okay, so I feel like we could. We'll definitely have you back on the show because we could dive into this stuff for like another hour. But um, for the sake of time, tell everybody a little bit about like what you got going on right now. How people can kind of dive into this further. How we can support you well you know i really love like i love mentoring it's really hard to admit that because it doesn't scale <laughs> but i really like it a lot you know like um so if you i i have that mentoring group starters if you go to startfromzero.com and then you go to products you'll see starters and we'll probably fill up to our 150 spots pretty fast uh, but if we do have spots and you'd like to just be around this sort of energy and you'd like to be around a group of entrepreneurs all living this way, it's pretty cool. We've got like a Discord chat room where gamers usually hang out, but we're using that instead of Slack. And so we'll go live in that little voice chat room quite often and just like say who needs help and like people will share and then we record those mentoring sessions and everyone can watch them later. And um, But starters would be if you like, if you want more of this energy, um, I can't emphasize, like, I, I want to emphasize just how good life can be and um, how you don't have to be thinking from survival. Like, you, like your life doesn't have to be how to figure out how to survive all the time. And it, it's not that your life could even be about figuring out how to thrive. Your life could just be about true, true, true deep service because uh, you're not so concerned with survival. And then when we get there, we're like, God. Why, why has America conditioned me to struggle? Why has America conditioned me to always have to be figuring things out? Why does, why does America have to condition me to say I'm only worthy if I get attention? Why does America have to, like, and like you just look at all these things we're conditioned to do. Um, and you can kind of decondition back to your natural human state, which is to be of service. Um, and then you start plugging that into systems for wealth and, then you go bonkers. So I would just say start from zero.com, check out the book. I've got a podcast actually where I mentor people one-on-one -on -one live. And so they're like hot seats live that you can listen to. And I just released the third season as well that has five, four or five people at a time per hour mentor. So I mentor four or five people at a time in about an hour. It's pretty nuts. That's <laughs> so cool, man. Yeah. I love it. What's the name of the podcast? Start from zero. Oh, start from zero. Okay, good. Dane, thank you so much, man. This has been an amazing episode and uh, we've gone down a lot of different rabbit holes, but uh, I very much appreciate you being able to go there and um, encourage everybody to check out the podcast, check out Dane's book. Um, yeah, man, we'll definitely have you back on. Thank you so much. You bet. so much for listening to another episode of the rich ad poor ed podcast if you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go go ahead and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube and richadpoored.com slash podcast and if you absolutely love the show go ahead and leave a review and a comment share with a friend if you do 
take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, Zach at FunnelDash.com. Show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to RichAdPoorAd.com. To leave a review, go to RichAdPoorAd.com slash review. Thanks again.